0: hey and welcome to the second episode of on the couch with pen talk and i'm your host christine our question for the season is who taught you how to be a man and on this episode i sat down with rapper names bliss and we discussed how despite growing up amidst a backdrop of domestic violence he still really wanted to please his father we explored that dichotomy and so much more so sit back and listen oh and make sure to follow us on instagram at pentalk uk hey hello hello okay so we're just going to jump straight into the questions then um so in your opinion what does it mean to be a man
1: okay so that is a, a very pointed question i mean for me when i think of being a man I see. I see a man as being a unit. A unit is how I describe it. Um, being someone who's able to to give strength. Okay. Um. Someone who's able to effectively, effectively lead, effectively lead. Um. As someone who's really able to, um, really able to protect in all aspects, all aspects. So. Whether that be in a, in a family structure, in a business structure, and a professional structure, I just see them as someone who's able to protect and and oversee, um, and to and to build as well. To like to to really make things happen. Um, okay. that's what I would yeah, that's what I would say.
0: Okay, so, um, did you have a father, or at least a father figure, growing up?
1: I had I had a father. So like my dad, my dad was at home. Okay. He was at home. Um, would I say he was a father figure when I was growing up? Yes and no. Yes and okay. no. Okay. I would
0: say. Okay, let's go with the yes and then we'll go with the no. So why was he a father figure growing up for you?
1: I think in terms of him handling his responsibilities, so he was always working, always had a job um he was educated he was clued up he was smart you know in in terms of politics and different things like he he knew that he knew the world um I think the reason why yeah so that's why I would say yes because he was he was present so to speak he was in the home okay to speak yeah
0: okay and then the other side was no so explain that a bit
1: so no so why would I say no I would say no because as much as he was present physically as in in the house,
0: yeah,
1: I wouldn't say he was present in our lives too much in terms of in my like so for me, in my actual life, would I say that growing up, I felt as if my dad knew me as an individual? I would say no um, and I also would say, because of a lot of the like the stuff that happened when I grew up like between him and my mom a lot of the things that I witnessed I would say that I I didn't look up to him in that sort of way Um, outside of like holding down a job and being in the house I didn't really look up to him okay so to speak yeah do you
0: mind I'm talking about like an example of the things that you witnessed that kind of made you think okay no I can't hold this guy in high regard
1: yeah, so I think growing up, so growing up, I witnessed a lot I witnessed a lot of DV growing up when I was um a young child. I saw domestic violence in my house. I did see him lose his temper a lot. Um mm-hmm. and and um I saw violence and I also heard violence and, and I did see him say a lot of reckless things as well. And I think growing up around that, I looked at that and said, that this isn't something that I I could be a fan of. I know I hear a lot of people say stuff like they, say they saw that stuff and they say I'll never be like that when I'm older. I never said that because you know what it is when when you're like young you don't process things like that. Yeah. I always find it interesting when people say when people say oh I said I'll, I vowed I'll never be like that. For me, seeing it, I just felt like this is wrong, um, and I don't like this. That was those were the basic thoughts I had, and I had a lot of resentment towards him because of that. A lot of resentment. Like I they were I think growing up there were times when I genuinely hated him. Do you understand? Like yeah. I genuinely would say like as a growing up in North West London, when I was in I used to live in a place called Kilburn in North West London. When I was there, I would say that I really had a, a lot of hatred for him, I would say.
0: So it's it love at the same time.
1: Okay. at the same time. It's love weird. and hate
0: relationship.
1: Yeah, love, hate, yeah.
0: Okay. So it's interesting though. So you were a young child and you hadn't yet formed any sort of like masculinity or you hadn't yet understood masculinity. So how did you know that domestic violence towards your mother was wrong?
1: That's, that's a very good question. How did I know it was wrong? I think I saw the effect it had on her. I think for me, watching the effect it had on her and the environment of the house. Right just made me understand that that is wrong. And I wouldn't say it happened a lot. It wasn't like a weekly thing. But when it did happen, it was mad. And I would say as well, the general, um, the way in which he would communicate to her and us at the time was something which I just, yeah, I, I would say that I wasn't a fan of. Like, there were good times and bad times, but I would say, when the times were bad, they were, they were really bad. That's what I would say.
0: Okay. Sorry, you had to grow up in that environment. Um, Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. So, so what was your relationship like with your father? You've already expressed it was like a love-hate relationship. And you've already said that, you know, you didn't have that personal like relationship with him. So what was it like? like what was your actual relationship like
1: actual relationship like um so going back into that time because it's so different now so if I think about how it was then it was um I felt like he was like a bit of a taskmaster like I wanted to please him I did want to please him in a sense like I studied hard so I, I was I was badly behaved at school but I was always very academic Okay. So I think that, that kind of helped me. I mean, they didn't want to keep me out of the school because I would help the school. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was just, there was a whole thing of like, I was badly behaved. But then I was really able to study. And I remember, I remember there was this, this I still remember a story. I think it was in year six where the teachers were like, oh, um, write down your dreams, like write down what you, you want to achieve by the end of um, secondary school, even though we are in primary school, I was like, so they were like, I think I wrote down, I get my GCSE results and I got a, 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 a. I think that was my dream. Like, and I don't think that was, that was actually my dream. I think that was me saying, oh, my dad would be proud of me if I was to do this. Okay. So there was still an element of really wanting to make him proud of me because he did speak a lot about um, being, being a young black person in the UK, being, being, being an African, being Nigerian and being black in, 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 in London. He, he really, he stressed the importance of education. Uh, I mean, every day. It was like three principles for read, read and meet. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> typical,
0: we, typical Nigerian typical, man. Typical,
1: typical Nigerian man. You know, I would hide music. We would like secretly be doing music stuff. But he was like, no, you're reading, you're reading, you're reading. So I think my relationship with him was a lot of um, trying to prove to him that i was um worthy in a way i wanted him to i wanted him to be proud of me right. i think i could say that now cuz i understand i just understand a bit more back then i wouldn't say it like this but i was working hard to get his approval in some in, in some sort of way yeah um in terms of our relationship that's that's really what it was i mean would I talk to him about stuff? I think I would talk to him about football every now and again and whatever, but I wouldn't say we, like, yeah. It was certainly not a friendship, let's just put like that.
0: Okay. So you were still working to sort of, like, please him despite, like, the backdrop of domestic violence, et cetera, et cetera. It was still your aim yeah. to, like, I want my father to be proud of me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And how does still that compared to now like what's your relationship like
1: now 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 well yeah it's a it's a a lot different now i think we have now there's a lot more um because i went through a whole process of you know i even i even you know i had a lot of people around me who i spoke to and offloaded um to about the hard times of my dad i think now i'm in a place where we have a good relationship so like Behind closed doors, I had to put certain things to bed and process certain things myself. Right. Um, because of because of the sort of man that I want to be, I had to. He he doesn't even know this. He doesn't even know that I've you know processed it. Had you know counsel like people. I didn't go to um, counselling or therapy regarding my dad per se. Um, but in actually in actual fact, I've been to in my life. I've been to three therapy sessions in my life. Three, three, three. Yeah, and it was actually in relation to. Like my family and my upbringing and different things, and I find that having those types of people in my life is really is really what helped me um, let go of some of the things that that happened when, when I grew up. Right. So now with my dad, I banter him. Like bad him. I him. I I think what happened at the end of uni, I started really deliberately um, doing kind things towards him and um, showing him that I'd forgiven him. I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him I've forgiven you. Whatever anything like that. I just started behaving towards him in um in a pleasant way. I would say, like, I started you know taking an interest in what he's doing, um, listening to what he has to say, um, just being. Did a he notice the change? Did he notice? Oh yeah,
0: change? You know, he noticed
1: it massively. Yeah, he noticed it massively. Like everyone yeah. noticed it. Like, like my mum noticed it. Everyone saw the difference. Um, and I think initially there was a bit of a because I think they were all in their own stage in terms of how they related to him, because you can't force anyone to do anything. So they, were, they weren't they quite... Not everyone was where I was. So I think at first they kind of gave me a bit of side-eye, like, we mm, yeah, what's all this? But they, I don't think they knew where it was coming from. Um. So, yeah, like our relationship now is a lot more... I try and include him in different areas of my, my life, mention things to him, take interest, we just he like he loves politics, so every now and again if I am talking to him, I'll just let him speak about, let him chat about that, you know. Just <laughs> just being, you know, just just really, including him more in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Just like, you know, giving him value, just showing him that yeah, I value you. That's that's what that's that's what I would say our relationship is like now.
0: Okay. And mm. did you feel like inadequate? at any time um, or at all growing up um, in terms of like you becoming a man your coming of age story was there any time in your life when you felt actually am I doing this right? am I doing this wrong? wow
1: that's a that's, that's a, you're good at these questions you know hey. I know <laughs> uh, hey you know um, I enjoy my sixth form years like year 11 sixth form yeah. I did feel like that. I did, I did feel like that because I didn't feel like I could go to him with the questions I had. Right. Like I had, I just had, um, I always wanted like a father figure. I did, especially as a teenager. I just wanted someone that I could be like, yo, like, how do I do this? Or like, how do I, I did want a father figure when I was a teenager. I certainly did. And, and because of that, I think I became a leader. Like I was always a leader in school. Okay. Even though I looked like a leader in school, I always wanted someone to like lead me. You know right. Yeah. So um, I think what happens was um, I did feel inadequate. I think some of my hard work was to prove my worth to myself. Like some of my um the things that I did when I was in school and whatnot and all that stuff. And like everyone has this sort of wave in year eleven, year twelve, or whatever. Where they're like on this my success wave, <laughs> whatever. I don't know what it is. I went on that wave of yeah, man. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my A levels. I'm gonna go uni, whatever. And I think a lot of that was me trying to prove my. It came from feeling inadequate. Understand? Yeah. Um, and having to like do something to prove to myself that I was worth it. You know.
0: How did you then um, deal with that inadequacy? So, like you said, you had no outlet. Um how did you deal with that inadequacy at all
1: this is that's a good question I would say the good thing I was really I was really blessed in a sense because I remember my best friend now my best friend now um big up Josh so him what actually happened was um around the time when I was a teenager like when mm-hmm. I was around 14 15 what happened is me and him became really close and his dad just loved me I don't know he just, his dad just looked at me and thought, oh yeah, I love this kid. I don't even know why, even till today, I'm a bit like, what did he see in me, really? Like, because he literally just decided to like almost take me in. As right. was, like, I, I had a house, like, it's not that I, I wasn't homeless, I wasn't, I wasn't an orphan, it's not that, but what happened was sometimes I would leave my house if something was going on or there was like drama or tension that I didn't like, I would leave my house and go to my best friend's house and it was literally in the next town. and when I would go there I would just feel loved especially by his dad his dad would just take an interest in what I'm doing ask me a lot about music I think even the reason why I do music the way I do it now I could probably say was because of him
0: right like, he
1: really just believed in so he
0: stepped in
1: he stepped in yeah he really did step in I'm actually as you say i as, I'm as you're, asking, as I'm you're
0: saying it, right. yeah.
1: I'm asking yeah. that, yeah.
0: He really stepped in. And what age really was that again?
1: I was around 15 when that happened. Wow, okay. So he yeah, really yeah, yeah, stepped in. Okay. Really stepped in, yeah.
0: So would you then say that he was who taught you how to be a man?
1: I would say he definitely taught me about being a man in terms of um, like what, how I saw him with his family, yes. Because what I saw him do, like he would help his daughter with our homework I was mind blown I said what is going on I didn't like when I saw that happening I thought what like he like I saw him take an interest in his in his children's um like leisure and even in the like creativity because all of his kids were creative so like yeah he really would he would come back from work and sometimes I'll be in the house he would like wind down but then he would take interest in each of the things and I think see and mine, so I think seeing that for me was like wow, because you know, obviously that was um,
0: different from what you had experienced at home.
1: It was literally polar opposite. Yeah. In fact, like when I first went to his house, I felt like a fish out of water. I felt like inferiority complex. Almost like, am I meant to be here? When I when I first started going to the house, and I think just through him being very deliberate, now I can understand that he was being deliberate. But through him, just you know. Being forceful with it, almost like, what's going on with you then? What are your plans? What are you doing? How's the music going? Like he would just really take an interest. As he did that over time, I started to recognize that no, he actually rates me. Just like
0: yeah, he yeah. actually
1: rates me. So it's yeah, it's mad. Were there any mad. other
0: sources that sort of taught you how to be a man? Or do you feel like you did learn how to be a man from your father?
1: Um, I would say that. I oh, was in from my from my actual father. Did I learn yeah, that from that actual from my father.
0: father?
1: Yeah. I think naturally, subconsciously, just the fact that he, he I grew up in a house, I naturally learned certain things. And I think what happened is when I when I was like fifteen, I became conscious of something different. And I right. think I started to unlearn things. And I was lucky because I had people in my life that helped me do that, that would actually get alongside me, listen to me, and and actually redefine manhood like like, his, name, his name's Les. He would tell me directly, a man is like this. He would tell me, a leader's like this. A leader serves everyone. He told me, a leader serves everyone. And then I would see him actually do it. So for me, it was like, rah, this guy's different. Like, and he was strong. Like, I think the reason why I warmed to him is because he was a strong guy. Like, he was, like, physically very fit. He was, like, a build. Like, he would, like, build things. He was really good at, like, DOI and stuff. He was like a like in quotation, he was like a man's man, so to speak. Yeah. But then at the same time, he would serve his family. I rate I just rated it. You understand? So that was the and template
0: think, going forward for you.
1: That was the t- yeah, that was a template in my mind. In my mind, I was like, wow, this is my example. Do you understand? Like I I made it. Because I was quite a thinker. I was a real thinker. Even though I was 15, I was a real thinker. So um, yeah.
0: So that was a template, okay. And did you grapple in your mind with manhood then? So obviously you saw this guy, Les, you saw your father doing X, Y, Z. At school, you saw boys doing X, Y, Z. Did you grapple with your perception of manhood? And then how did that affect your relationship with women, um, Mm. Leslie? And then how did it affect your relationship um, with other men?
1: Yeah, that's big. That's big. I did grapple. I grappled with the notion of uh displaying emotions. Displaying okay. emotions. To me, we didn't do that. Crying. <laughs> Crying at home. What? What does that even mean? <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, we did we didn't do that. That's not something that we did all openly. I mean, if if I if I did cry in my house, it was a secret, it was a secret thing. No one even knew. I'll just be. Yeah. <laughs> no, one knew. Just be crying Unless under your like pillow. Really under my pillow. I just my shoulders <laughs> moving up and down. <laughs> but yeah, so things like that, I grappled with. The and and being honest, I think now I've I've learned. I'm I'm deliberate. I choose to be honest now. I choose to be vulnerable. But I did not know how to communicate weak emotions. Right? No, 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 no. And with girls. So in, in, in girls that I've been involved with romantically, that was an issue. That was an issue because I felt like, I felt like all of us like as a community were raised the same. So I actually, and and, and and at uni especially, I learned this, Like because a lot of the, not all the girls, I'm not saying all the girls, but there were some girls that I was friends with that didn't like men who showed weak emotion. They didn't like it. Like what I mean by that is, they might say, oh yeah, I want a man who could, you know, share their emotions. But, but as soon as they shed, do,
0: it was a weakness. That
1: was, that, yeah, if they did, it was a weakness. Yeah. It was almost like, because it became popularized for men to show emotions. It was popularized. So what that meant was, oh yeah, we want men to show emotions. But then when it actually happened, when I would see it, I would, friend, girls I was friends with. So w- when you're friends with someone that unfiltered behind closed doors, so they would be like, yeah man, he was crying. And I thought, ugh, go away, what was he doing? <laughs> and, the, and that showed me that, because of the way some of us have been raised, we have been taught that that was no. Girls and guys alike, understand. So when I was in my when I was, when I was in a relationship, I struggled with the notion of being vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, I struggled. Yeah, because I felt like even if you tell me you want to hear me, or even if you tell me you want to support me, when it's like hard or when you know i want to be vulnerable Ever, i didn't believe you so
0: those are the yeah. things that you kind of grappled with you grappled with you know showing emotion should a man do it or not then you grappled yeah. with women um as well so yeah okay so you just grappled with different aspects of like masculinity and when to show emotion explicitly. when to show okay yeah. Okay, so um, how did that affect your relationship with other men? That whole crap other men?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, initially it was very hard. So initially, like, I think growing up, um, especially, like, through, up through my teenage years and stuff, I found it hard to show those emotions. By the time I was in uni, I was learning from a lot of other sources. Like, I was, I became someone that said, I don't want to be bottled up anymore. With, with 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 men. With men, I don't want to be um hiding my feelings or hiding my emotions. I wanna create a sort of safe forum. Like I even was, yeah, I was like I because of what I was like at uni, I was um doing a lot of music stuff, like trying to like create societies and stuff. I remember being with some of them and them and saying, Yeah, why don't we just talk about like how we actually really feel? I will do things like that deliberately because I saw how mad it was for me to be bottled up as a teenager. So right. I started trying to, like, just encourage different people, like, close friends, to be a bit more vocal and say, duh, 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 like, how do you feel? And actually, like, if they were upset about something, I'd be like, yeah, but what's, what's, what's really going on? I think sometimes what I would say is, so what's really going on? Like, how do you actually feel about that? And I would just allow, and I'll try and say it casually so they can just do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then pri- so prior yeah. to coming into that confidence... Do you feel like you? Did you feel at any point that you had to put on a show for men? Did you feel like you had to be macho?
1: 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. It's in music, more so, though. I think even though I was, even though I was doing the whole show your emotion, when it came to that like music stuff,
0: that's you had game be, time. That's you no body,
1: hard body. No, nah, you're not. You're not sharing, what's sharing emotion. <laughs> you're showing emotion, but the only emotion you're showing is confidence and being in control right that's all you're showing when you're when that but that's a whole different world though, innit? it um but yeah, I think we did I did find it hard I did find it hard in the music world, yeah, but then they're not really your people, are they they're not they're not really like they're just music so friends, outside of the music as world to actual friends
0: outside of the music world, did you feel like you were acting at any point, so like I know that a lot of men say that um when they're around men they act more macho than they are. So did you feel like at any point during your... Tri- you're not, not just your childhood, but during secondary school where you were acting up, you were acting manly um, because you were still grappling with this perception that men are supposed to be fierce and dominant and alpha?
1: Mm. Mm. I, think, I think I thought that was the only coin. Like, when I was in, when I was in my teenage years, like, especially, what, year seven through to year nine, when I was just do, 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 doing a magazine, I would say... say Definitely. I was definitely thinking that I could only be the whole, it was all power, power, throwing my weight about, I'm I'm the guy, I'm the guy. That is the only coin I thought we had. I thought that is the only face that we should show. And And when I was one of the guys, yes, I definitely even like toughened up more. Definitely.
0: And then it flipped in university when you were like, actually, I can let my guard down. I don't have to be this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It flipped at uni, and I think the only reason it flipped at uni is because I had I just had good friends. I, okay. I that's the only reason. I just had friends that were ready for that.
0: Okay. That's the
1: only reason. I just had friends that would ask me. I think what what would happen is something might happen that would annoy me. Now I'll be annoyed like da, da, da. I'll be like I'll be I'll be visibly annoyed, and then I have friends. that be like okay, what's going on? And I'll say like no, nah, nothing is fine. But then they'll be like no, no, what's actually going on? And I think that having that is what um. Started the process of me saying, you know what? Redefining no,
0: masculinity. Redefining, yeah, yeah, it showed me okay. that you
1: can be both.
0: Okay, that's yeah. good that you had that tribe around you. Okay, so mm. I want to move on to another heavy question. Okay. Um, do you think there's a heavy burden on black men in particular, um just in society in general? Um, and I'm saying black men in particular, because obviously you're a black man. Um, <laughs> and do you think that burden is considered carefully by women or do you feel like it's often neglected?
1: That is a, that, that is a loaded question. That is a loaded question. No pun intended, because burden means loads. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that, moving on. What I'll say is this, yeah. I think, yes, I think mean, it is a heavy burden. I think that's, I think that's a fact that there's a heavy burden. I think, I think this question um, needs to be attacked with range. And, I, I, and what I'll say is this. There isn't enough emotional literacy in our community to really unpick this, to really unpick this. The reason why I say that, and, um, and let me just put a little caveat in there. I'm not saying no one is emotionally, emotionally um, literate enough. That's definitely what I'm saying. There are people that are emotionally literate that, that my statement doesn't even apply to you. They are the minority, and they need to be aware enough to recognise that they are actually the minority. Um, Just because, you know, you might have a group of friends who are all emotionally literate, that doesn't mean that is the rule, especially in in the black community and especially in London. Um, But now, just to answer directly, I would say yes. Um, Is the burden considered carefully by women I think they try as best as they can, especially if they, if they, if they have strong feelings for a man and especially if they, if they love someone or respect someone. I feel that they try. But here's the thing. The reason why I speak about emotional literacy is because my dad tried his hardest when we grew up, which is why I respect him. because He tried very hard to raise us well, but it's not the try. It's do you have the tools? Because look, because like, like, and and I'm 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 using that as an example because like my dad moved from Nigeria, set up shop here, bought a house, had a job. That's that's work. That is serious trying. Yeah,
0: yeah. But then
1: the tools to then deal with the emotional side of things that's another whole toolkit. And I think with to applying that to women now, if these women have been raised in houses like that, and I'm not saying all, of to, not all of them have. Of course they haven't. Um, but there's an element of, if they haven't been given the how, tools, how are they expected to actually understand that burden or actually um, recognise it? And I would and also say... What do you say, think,
0: just not just to cut you off, what do you think that the black men are burdened by? What is it? Is it expectation? Is it... Expectation. Okay.
1: And perfection. Like, we need to be perfect. Like, we cannot make mistakes. We, we need to be all things all things so we need to be soft enough we need to be we need to be soft enough to um to be um emotionally available for the people around us whether that be your significant others um family members different things we need to be strong enough we need to be leaders we need to be visionaries we need to be the ones who are saying this is where we're going and i'm talking about you know um a uh what's the word I'm saying this from a stereotypical viewpoint. This is a stereotype I'm using, but you know, we need to be the leaders. We need to be the builders. We need to be the visionaries. We need to be rich. We need to be rich. We need to have a lot of money, okay? But then at the same time, we need to we need to be kind, and then we need to be from a man's point of view. We need to have we need to have prowess with women. Then from a woman's point of view, we need to be faithful to one woman. Then it's like, but have power with women at the same time, and then it's like, at the same, and society are saying we're, we're constantly seeing images of people who are, you know, whether it be from music and entertainment, etc. The whole image of like the alpha male. I think even for black men is even more like that. That whole you know alpha male. Um, this is how you must come across, and I think it can put tremendous pressure on, on, on us. I think it does. And yeah i think it does
0: <laughs> okay yeah
1: yeah that yeah. sounded like a lot <laughs> it sounded like a lot no, I'm, just speaking. I'm, I'm freestyling i'm freestyling
0: <laughs> no no i know it, it definitely sounded like from your perspective that black men are burdened um mm-hmm. so what has taught huh? what has been a man taught you about yourself
1: what has being a man taught me about myself? What has being a man taught me about myself? Um, it, do you know what? It's, it's taught me that you get to a certain place in life where you no longer care. Um, <laughs> what I mean by that is, you get to a point in life where you, you actually genuinely find yourself. So I feel like through this whole thing of you know, the burden that I've felt in the past and um, looking at all of these things, I've come to a place where I've, I've accepted who I am. Right. Within this, I've accepted who I am. Um and um not to listen to not to take popularised opinions as facts, especially when it comes to friendships and relationships. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's one of the biggest thing things that I've learned, like not to um not to accept people's narratives and not to accept the narrative of the black man that I often see online not to accept that as mine but right. to choose to what is that
0: yeah no i get that yeah
1: but to like to choose to live my life and hopefully and hopefully like redefine it like hopefully play my part in the redefinition because i feel like we all have i feel like as as black men especially if you're a leader i feel like we have a responsibility to redefine it and that gives you a lot that gives you a lot of peace it just gives me a lot of um, it's giving me a lot of ease now just knowing that okay that's what i need to i need to that's deliberately redefine yeah that's the role that i want to play yeah and lastly um lastly. What, are th-
0: <laughs> what are the things that you would pass on to your sons
1: wow goodness I, okay so about I, manhood about manhood yeah so i want to I want to I teach them, I think one of the main things, I want to teach them that there is strength in self-awareness. Right. There is strength self-awareness in self-awareness, in, in processing your emotions. Um, but at the same time, in being a leader and being, being strong when you need to be. So actually, I, I want to really teach them both sides of the coin. I okay. want to teach them how to be strong um, in the face of things because the world we live in, you just need grit in life. You just need grit. I don't want them to, to, to grow up to... Constantly process their emotions around people. That's 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 crazy. But I want them to be people that understand the importance of both, um, and I want them to really see me valuing my 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 woman, my wife to be like. I want them to see that. I want it to be very clear because I, I want them to um to learn from my example. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that. Those two things. I think everything else. If they can see that that example in the home. I, I do think that a lot of other things will work themselves out.
0: I agree. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. Yeah,
1: no, thank you for having me.
0: And thank you for going deep and exposing. Did I? Did I um, what, do you feel like you I went did.
1: deep? My, it was um, good. Answers? It was
0: good. It was really good. So thanks for going deep and thanks for talking about your childhood, your upbringing. Um, yeah, and thanks for being a leader in your own right. Um, and hopefully we thank can you. change the narratives um yeah, hopefully we can change narrative. So, how was that? Did you agree with what Names Bliss was saying or not? Did you enjoy it? If you did, please share with your friends and family and rate us. If you'd like to be on a season of On the Couch with Pentalk, just DM us on Instagram at Pentalkuk. I'm Christine and I've been your host and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at i am crow that's i a m c r o e